Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast. We bring you the very best recorded panels, workshops, and seminars concerning role-playing game design and publishing. This has been made possible by the generous contributions of the panel speakers and double exposure with their leading game design convention, Metatopia. Episode 69, Social Media Action Steps. Recorded at Metatopia 2014. Presented by Beth Rimmels. Well, as I said, I am the social media marketing manager for Baron Designs, which has four internet retail websites. So this, I handle all of their social media channels after the last four years. Plus, I also consult with other companies, particularly in the gaming field. Okay, so before social media, what did you do? Before social media, I was in the publishing field. Okay. Yeah, so actually I have a long history in publishing, and in fact, I've done five-star publications because I'm a crazy person. (laughs) (laughs) Because most people in publishing maybe do one. If you're nuts, you do two. I've done five. So yes, I'm a crazy person. But so I also am a writer and editor, and that's actually how I segue into social media, because hello, they need people who can write. Yes. So and and you know talk to people, explain things, and so forth. So yeah, so I've been at this. Social media is recent. Keep in mind, Facebook only had its 10th anniversary this past year, so social media is fairly recent. And the first several years of Facebook, businesses were not allowed on it. So it hasn't really been around that long, but I've been in some form of media, talking to people and writing press releases and so forth for ages. So, so um, let's see. Now, also, too, just to make sure everybody does play with at least one social media channel in their private life, correct? Yeah. There's no social media versions here. Mm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay, but so you at least have gone on Facebook. I know it exists. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's that's something at least. Okay, so every now and then I will run to somebody who has never done anything. So I just want to make sure we're all on the same page. Okay. Now keep in mind also too, I'm assuming that you're all of course starting your own businesses or have a business either as a retailer or more likely as a game designer. So social media, as I said before, it's marketing, it is branding. It is helping to find an audience, build an audience, but it's also your customer service. Yes. People talk a lot about branding, but for those of us who are new to the game mm-hmm. or just kind of watching, what exactly does that mean? I was actually supposed to do an entire panel on branding this year, so I don't want to go into too much depth on it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I was going to say, but I would do hope to have one next year. Basically, my eye surgery curtailed it. Right. Um, Branding is basically, though, having a consistent message for your product. And so that when people, if you say to people Coca-Cola, you say to people Whole Foods, there's a certain impression that you get of whatever that is. And if they've done a good job of branding, then you immediately have not just an idea of what they are, but you have a almost feeling connection. So like Lululemon says, if you want to speak through clothing, buy us. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, and, and there is a whole strategy to branding to be a consistent message. And that also ties into your social media. Um, but keep in mind, social media is also really important for your customer service. A lot of people overlook this. But a lot of companies, particularly when you're new, they don't necessarily look for you in a Google search. They may. But if the person's active on Facebook, they will have a tendency to look for you on Facebook. If they're active on Twitter, they will look for you on Twitter. And that's where they will post, hey, I ordered this game and it's missing half the components. You know, because they also just may be venting. Even if they're not commenting to you, they're posting it there. And that, if you set up the right alerts and things, you can realize it. Um, at, at Baron Designs, basically, I spend a chunk of my day responding to people and I love this because our one Facebook page, the name of the Facebook page is faux-panels.com is the name of the page. You would think that means we have a website, right? Do you want to know how many times a day we get the message of, hi, do you have a website? <laughs> I wish I had all of every time it happens. But, so there, but there are also people say, hey, can you give me an estimate you know, for redoing my fireplace and for doing this? 
you know, so customer service is a key part to why you have to be on social media. So, um, let's see. Oh, yeah, which ties in directly into the first thing. And this is, seems so obvious, people, but so many companies ignore it, including big companies who have the staff. So there's no excuse if people post something to you on Twitter or Facebook, whichever channel. Please respond to it. I mean, unless it's something that really doesn't need a response, because sometimes people will just post something that doesn't need a response. But if they are commenting, please comment back, because that gives you a chance to build rapport with them, to build a relationship with them, which will pay off later on. But also, you don't look like the unfeeling jerk. I know it seems obvious, but so many companies blow this. It is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and especially again, if it's a complaint. Now. Is everybody here, I assume it's starting, well, I know you have already an existing business, but everybody else here, are you starting off new, or are you, um, do you have established businesses? Established businesses, thank you. Okay. Anybody else? Been helping someone else establish a business. Okay. In between, I've got, I've, got a, I've got sort of a media thing going. I have a podcast, and I'm just transitioning into design, so I have an established social media channel, and I've got a new business coming up, and I don't know whether they belong in the same stream or not. And that's why I have a figure that the battle out. Okay, and you said? Um, we're, we're starting a small business, but also um, I do a lot of freelance work mm -hmm. uh, as far as graphic design, photography, and social media goes. So that's why I wanted to fit in and see if you had anything you would say to help me out. Sure. Um, okay, so if you are starting off new, because a few of you are, and for some of you this also may still apply, like maybe you have an established business but you haven't really done much with social media, um, one of the most common questions I get all the time is, do you have to do everything at once? Do you have to have a Twitter account, Facebook account, Google Plus, and so forth? No. Okay, you don't have to start off with all of them, because particularly if you were starting this off like as a game designer, as your side job, okay, you can go completely down the rabbit hole of trying to keep social media up to date. You will make yourself crazy. You can start with just one channel and build from there as you have time and or pick up helpers. Don't make yourself nuts. That said, I would as soon as possible, if you haven't already, go onto every major social media channel and reserve your name because you don't want somebody else grabbing your name. Unfortunately, that happened to me with the website that I own because I wasn't, this was before I got into social media when I was just working in publishing. And I was like, Twitter, this thing sounds weird. Well, yeah, now of course, I, that would become part of my lifeblood later on. But I did not grab the name for that website on Twitter and I regret it to this day. So go out and grab all those names, register for all those accounts if you haven't, better to have them reserved and have them parked and ease into them than to not, you know, not have them later on use them. Sorry, did you have a question? Uh, can you list all the major ones? Sure. Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Pinterest. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit, hopefully we'll have enough time, about Pinterest. Depending upon your type of business, Pinterest can really play into your strategy really well. And by the way, Pinterest is slowly creeping up on potentially being a competitor to Google in terms of visual search. So don't necessarily disregard Pinterest as, oh, it's just women pinning things of clothes and recipes. Um, there's a lot of businesses that use Pinterest quite effectively and a lot of companies you wouldn't think of that use Pinterest quite effectively. So Pinterest is definitely there. Um, Instagram, Snapchat's kind of controversial. Um, I hear people say you can use Snapchat, but it's so ephemeral, it's really tricky. I, I kind of definitely put down the, the bottoms here. Um, there are a few others that are very specialized, but not they would not really apply to people here in the gaming business. Uh, what do you think about Tumblr? Tumblr isn't, what isn't isn't social media, because really it's a mini blog site. So I can think of Tumblr as more of being a competitor to WordPress than social media, but it's kind of sort of social media. It's sort of an odd betwixt and between. Um, a lot of times if you are using Tumblr as part of your business strategy and your marketing strategy, you're posting to Tumblr and then promoting it through Facebook or Twitter or so forth. So it's a combination of the strategy, not necessarily a channel by itself. 
for pure social media. Does that make sense? LinkedIn. Oh, yes, LinkedIn for business. Yes, yes, absolutely. That wasn't the. Uh, yeah. uh, two parts. Tumblr seems to be incredibly popular in the 27 and below demographic. Yes. So I'm kind of not that demographic. So I'm not really sure if you and I are closer to the same demographic, if your opinion of Tumblr would be different if you were fresh out of college. The other is, what about Reddit? Because so much in the way of my Q&A is handled via Reddit today. I mean, for Stephen Amell of Arrow, it has helped to make his brand. Reddit is definitely, as far as marketing goes, Reddit can definitely be something that can help you, but it's technically not a social media channel. It's more of a informational channel. Again, it's a weird betwixt and between. Social media is, oh boy. Um, Sorry. Yeah. Like I said, Reddit's more of an information source as opposed to, and there are communities within that information source, but it's different from, say, a Twitter. Uh, 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 yeah, because Twitter is very odd characters. But when I ask this, I'm not trying to be smart, but really, what is the difference? I take a look at so when you go to Reddit, when you go to Reddit, you Reddit. don't have a profile that people would look at. When you, you go to a social media site, you will look at Okay, so that's really, yeah. that's yeah. it's like your signature yes. stamp. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And again, Tumblr sort of has like a, it has a tiny bit of a line there for a profile, sort of like Pinterest does okay. and Twitter does. But again, still Tumblr is more of a alternative to using a WordPress than a social media profile. So they can all be part of a marketing strategy, but they're not necessarily a social media channel. So one is more, so for example, Reddit is more about what you are saying, but say Facebook is more about who you say. Yes. You build a brand with Reddit. You build a brand with question that I get is how can which social media channel should you start with okay and you will hear various social media uh, social media managers and marketers and everything else out there who will say X is the one to start with yeah not necessarily which one that you start with is going to depend upon two main factors one where is the audience for your target and two who are you comfortable with okay so if you're already very comfortable with Facebook, you're already very comfortable with Twitter, Google+, whatever, that should be a factor in how you decide where you start for what social media channel for your business. Okay, because again, if you're comfortable with it, you know the rules of the road, that should be a factor. But you also need to do at least a little bit of research into where is your audience. Okay, like for example, old school role playing, definitely has a place on Google+. There are communities there that are very busy and very vibrant if you do old school role playing. I gotta tell you though, for other communities on Google+, because I manage Google+, accounts for various businesses, I swear there's crickets. So it depends. And again, if you're doing, um, maybe you've got a board game that's based on Cthulhu, okay? Um, board games can do well on Twitter from what I've seen. Uh, but again, it depends upon the board game and what they're doing, what they're pushing. If you can tap into the Cthulhu people on Twitter and the board game people on Twitter, then maybe you want to start on Twitter, particularly if you're comfortable with Twitter. But so those should be the two factors. There is no blanket, start with X, and that's the one that will make you a lot of money or get a lot of attention. It depends. You have to do a little bit of research. How do you do that research? First of all, search for keywords on those different channels and see who has them. So again, if it's a Cthulhu board game, you're going to search on Cthulhu or Lovecraft or board games and so forth. Okay. Also too though, if there's other people, I hate the word competitors, 
but who are in the same vein as you or in the same neighborhood, look at their websites, click through to their social media profiles and see where they're active. Because if they're really active and they have a strong following, guess what? Then there's a following for it in that channel. And it does vary because there are some big companies in all kinds of fields, not just in the gaming field, that do really great, say, on um, Twitter and Google Plus and Horrible on Facebook. And another one does great on Facebook and not so well on Twitter. It's not blanket. You guys see where your audience is so you're not wasting time. Because otherwise you're going to just be frustrated. So start off on the combination of where your audience is, which I'd say is going to take a little bit of research, and then where you're comfortable. Does that make sense to everybody? Um, now, uh, oh, that's right. Active community is so important. Yes? I'll try to shut up after this because I feel like I'm hogging all the questions. Why do you dislike the word competition? To me, competition is the one thing that keeps everyone on their toes and creating more and better stuff. You're absolutely correct in that. But I mean, there, how does that pertain to, say, social media specifically? I just have a different viewpoint of, and this is just me personally, um, but yes, competitors do keep you on your toes. But there's also sometimes for some people an energy to the word competition that like it's very cutthroat and you can't work together. And sometimes you can work really well together. I mean, think about Metopia. Every single game designer here had their viewpoint of, you know, oh my God, and I have to, you know, do better than everybody else. I think we have a completely different atmosphere. So there's sometimes an aggression to the word competition that I don't always like. But yes, having diversity totally fuels and helps people on their toes and things like that. So I look at more of a diversity than a competition, if that makes sense. Just my personal little bugaboo. That's all. Um, by the way, for any social media channel, active, engaged community is more important than the numbers. People get very tied up in the vanity metrics of like how many likes on Facebook, how many followers on Twitter, and so forth. That is so much less important, and I'll explain why when I get to each channel, um, than to have an engaged community. You are better off having just a thousand people, but who pay attention, respond, comment, tweet back, retweet, whatever that you are putting out there, as opposed to you have a million likes and they don't pay any attention to it. So even having an active community is much more important with what's going on there. Um, and that's one of the big mistakes that the brands make, the big brands, okay? There are big brands out there, and you can check them on any social media channel, that do really well as far as how they engage their audiences, and they have a very passionate following versus the ones that, yeah, they have a million likes, and their pages, again, there's not a lot going on. And one of the ways that often happens is their company that has... You know, they've been around, they have a big brand name, they have a big you know, conventional marketing budget. But what they're doing is they're spamming their clients. And that is one of the big mistakes a lot of brands make in social media. Social media experts will tell you there's an 80-20 rule. Okay? Only 20% of what you put out there, regardless of the channel, should be self-promotional. Whether that's you're offering a sale, you have a new product, you're doing a Kickstarter, whatever. The other 80%, you should be giving out information that your audience, or you think your audience, it's going to take some time to define exactly what your audience likes, but um, put information out there that they find informative, fun, or informational. Okay? Because think about it. Do you like it when you just get sale, 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 sale? That's fair. And that kills your engagement. Which, and then depending upon the channel, particularly like Facebook, low engagement means hardly anybody eventually is going to be seeing your posts. Okay? So 80-20 rule. Which is why then, as a brand, you want to also follow other people, other brands on Facebook. Like you would follow Double Exposure if you come here. And maybe share their schedule and pass it on to your people. Or an author that you like whose work may influence your game. Or you know, whatever, it could be any number of things. But you don't want to just slam as far as bye, 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 bye. That is eternal. The other big mistake that people make, particularly as small businesses, 
is they go to the other extreme and they're way too personal. Okay? Now, as a small business and just starting out, you're going to have to find your voice or that line as to how personal you want to be versus how much into the game and are you building the brand around yourself, like say Monty Cook? Are you building the brand around the game? Or are you building the brand as a company? Which again, that kind of veers into the branding discussion. But depending upon where you draw that line, it's also going to make a difference as to how much you tell about yourself and your interests. And again, that's going to contribute as to what you're feeding. But does everybody here out there have at least one friend on social media who thinks that the purpose of social media is to telegraph every single thing that they do in their life, including like when they go to the bathroom? Does everybody, there's somebody like that? <laughs> well, but you're not on what social media that often. I actually have friends. I, I do have a bunch of friends. Just none of them do that. You are lucky. Apparently, I'm doing photos of every bite you take of your meal. Yeah, thank you. Or they, you know, I just came back from a job. Yeah, everybody, except for you. Everybody else knows people like that. Yeah. Okay. Imagine doing that as your game or game company. And there is one game company that I could name. I won't that that's basically what their Facebook feed is filled with. Just came back for a run. Go ahead and take a shower now before I go to the post office. I don't care. Tell me about the latest update for your game. You know, tell me about some, you know, information for when things are coming out, the products and stuff like that. Or tell me stuff that's useful. Okay, I don't care that you just came back from a job. Okay, um, one thing that I have been posting on my uh, Facebook page um, when and where I'm going to be playtesting my game. That's really good to do. And I've also been trying to promote other meetup groups uh, with the same at the same time, so yep. more people might be able to see it. And that'd be good then. Okay, then I do. I'm not quite as worried. <laughs> no, that's a really good thing to do because again, that's part of getting the word out. So yeah, so if you're going to a convention, Greg Hicks, by the way, does. He was just here earlier. He did the earlier panel right there. Crowdfunding. He does a great job because he has a very active Twitter feed and has a blog or anything else. He does a great job. He has decided where to put the line as far as personal versus professional. And that's like I said, it's going to be a line each of you is going to figure out for your own. Some of you are going to be more comfortable than others with some of the personal stuff. Um, he's found his and he's very comfortable with it. But you know, he posted on his blog his schedule for Metatopia. And not just what panels he was doing, but hi, this is my open period. If you want to come talk to me and you see me, this is when you can come talk to me. And posted that on his blog and then, of course, tweeted it. That's a great thing to do. And again, if you're doing playtest, yes, let people know where you're doing it. And then if there are, say, you know, let's say meetup groups. Oh, by the way, meetup, again, it's kind of borderline. It's not exactly a social media channel, but it can be very good for your marketing. Like where. Um, but if there are meetup groups in your area, say, say you have a board game. And so you know all the board game meetups or anything else. Yeah, maybe share some information about them on your social media channels. Why not? You know, in some ways, social media is very much kindergarten rules: be nice to people, share, you know, be friendly, you know, be polite or anything else. And it really comes back, you know, it, it will come back to help you. Okay, you know, be, be a good neighbor with things. Um, now, like I said. What social media channel you pick first is going to depend upon that ratio of where you're comfortable versus where your audience is. However, if you're, that first social media channel you start off with is not Facebook, when you are ready to add a second active social media channel, you have the free time or you have somebody helping you or whatever, consider Facebook for your second one. Okay? I personally am not a fan of Facebook because they try to gather all your information and for demographics and use this for various and sundry things. However, you are a new company starting out with a limited budget. Facebook advertising can be very cost effective. So you can promote a post on Facebook for as little as $5 if you're going to do it for a period of time. You can do it for as little as a dollar a day and make it a highly targeted post that goes to people with your demographic, this age group in this area with these interests and so forth. So it can be very cost effective. So Facebook doesn't have to be your first, but I would definitely consider it as your second if it's not your first. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I had some questions about that because I, I've been told by a lot of people who have been doing you know, their own branding on Facebook that 
right now the likes that you have are not being reached by the post that you make unless you're paying for it. So is it something, if I'm going to invest more time in Facebook, do I have to invest money? Or you don't have to invest money. I know a lot of people are saying, yeah, you have to pay to play on Facebook. What, you're, what he's referring to is in the past year, Facebook changed its algorithm. And they have made it harder for you to get what's called organic reach. Let me just explain a few terms to you real fast. Likes are pretty obvious if you've ever been on Facebook. The number of likes your page has is how many people in your profile like you. But in some ways, that's a vanity metric. I mean, it is, but it isn't. Reach is much more important. Reach is how many people saw a given post that you put out there. Okay. Engagement is even more important. So say, let's say you have a thousand followers. You put out a post. Initially, and Facebook doesn't say what their algorithm is, but basically they have all these calculations as to how many people they initially show that post to that shows up in their newsfeed. That's the reach. Then engagement is based on how many people have liked, clicked, or shared that post. Now, where they're getting even trickier with the algorithm, what they've added in the past couple months, is that even timing is a factor. So if you put out a Facebook post, and as soon as it hits, say, five people's newsfeed, five people either click, like, or share it, Facebook ups, I don't want to say drastically, but significantly, how many more people they then show it to. It increases, it increases the reach. Much more than, say, if it took three hours to get those five click likes or shares. Because to Facebook's thinking, if people see this and interact with it immediately, then this must be really good content. As opposed to something that, that's eh, sitting around for a while before people click like or share. Does that make sense to everybody, first of all? Okay. So. It's a fallacy, but their approach to the fallacy makes sense. Yes. Now, when they made these changes, it's almost a year ago now, organic reach dropped, okay? And that's where, even on pages that I managed, where we were having, you know, 11% um, and 12%, which, by the way, were very high numbers for at that time, um, of engagement, you know, with given post or on average or whatever it is, all of a sudden dropped to 4%. And we were doing everything the same. But that's because they changed the algorithm as to how it went out there. By the way, Facebook and Google for search engines, yeah, they change the algorithm constantly. <laughs> and they don't tell you exactly what they're, what they're doing, but you can sort of suss things out based on their announcements. Some cynical people, and there is a little bit of truth to this, but it's not entirely true, but some cynical people said, oh, well, this means they're just doing this to push advertising, and they're trying to drive down organic reach to zero, so this way then you, know, you have to buy Facebook advertising. If you want to be completely sure people see it, well then yes, in face of these changes, advertising is an option. But I can tell you from the pages and the brands that I manage, and we've got, you know, one page has over 150,000 likes, and by the way, it's for the most boring home improvement product ever. So that's, that's doing very well. Um, if you have, if you, follow the good practices that I'm going to be advocating, you will still keep your engagement, okay? And again, engagement is the thing that affects the algorithm because what goes in there is if you've put out content that in the past, again, a significant amount of your people have liked, clicked, and shared, they are going to be more likely in that initial pass of a new post to send it to more people to give it more reach than the page where nobody interacts with their stuff. Yeah. Understanding that you want, you know, as much organic reach as possible, what's an acceptable number for percentage? Because they've been tweaking it so much over the, the past. Well, first of all, when you're first starting out, it's going to be low anyway because you're so new. Okay, I've got about 20% uh, right now. 20%, that's good. Yeah, then you're doing well, yeah. But then they keep changing the algorithms, so the numbers keep shifting. Every time we think we have a rough idea of where it's stable, they then play with it some more. They, like I said, they're, they're trying to keep us on our toes. Um, but so, yeah, so if you are doing engaging copy and engaging posts, you can still build a brand through organic. It's not going to be as fast. One company that I am working with, because they don't have the budget to do Facebook ads right now, 
And actually, they're doing, we're doing work on the back end of their website. So I can't even do that much as far as driving traffic to their website right now. Um, but we've had a nice, slow, steady progression in the numbers of likes and the engagement and so forth, which is building the platform for when their web store is ready to be up and running again and, and doing good stuff and everything else. So you can still build through organic. It's going to be a little slower than what it used to be, but you don't have to pay. And in fact, one of the best Facebook experts out there says Mari Smith. Um, actually, if you want to follow her on Facebook, she gives great tips. Um, but she only spends money on Facebook ads when she has something to sell. That's the only time she does. If she has a class she's promoting or something like that, that's the only time she advertises. And she gets, she has good engagement rates and a good following and, you know, good interaction with her community. So you don't have to. Okay. But the thing is, in comparison to buying ads someplace else, Facebook's very cost-effective, which is why I'm saying that should be your, your number two. Okay. Does that make sense to everybody? Any questions on that part? Where can you get the coverage for like your clicks, like shares? If you have a Facebook brand page, if you're a private person, you maybe don't have access to this. But as a Facebook brand page, when you're logged into your page, there should be a bar at the upper left, and one of the options in there is going to be insights. And you're going to click insights, and that is going to give you a wealth of data. By the way, Facebook insights sometimes, you know, intimidates people a little bit. Get these comfortable with those basic insight panels, because again, they will give you a wealth of data as to who is your who's your current audience as far as the demographics, when they're online, which is really important, what posts are doing well, because that will give you a rough idea of what they like. For example, for one brand that I consult with, they're in a game store. And I tried to do a diversity of Facebook posts for them of different topics. But I got to tell you, when I post something on Dungeons and Dragons, I get way more activity and feedback and interaction than when I do almost any other RPG. And I'm constantly, I'm, it's, it, people know Dungeons and Dragons, and particularly right now, 5th edition has generated a lot of interest. But it's funny, even before 5th edition came out, the same level of post or same quality of post on Pathfinder, because it might be a really great blog that I found giving some great Pathfinder tips, does not generate the same level of interest. So the, the post that I did on the, the supposed plot hole explained in Lord of the Rings was the highest one ever. That was in the thousands for engagement. <laughs> so because everybody was talking about it. Oh, I get a weekly email from Facebook saying this is the chat. That's yeah. That's a highlight one that they do, but it's that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's definitely a good email to save. And yeah, if you have a brand page, they will send out that weekly update. But it's just it's just the tip of the iceberg. So at least click into at least a little bit of the insights page. Yeah. I have another question. I have two businesses, and I've been on Facebook personally you know, as a manager for I don't know four years, five years, whatever it is. And I've been posting things about my game business on my personal page. But when I entered into my editing partnership, we created another page. So I do have one page that's branding for the editing, but I don't for the game. So should I, instead of posting on my personal page, should I have a gun for games page? You should have both. You, you or am I allowed to be administrator on three pages? Oh, I'm administrator on several pages. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm an administrator on, on, on several. Um, my biggest problem is switching between things because sometimes Facebook changed around how they do things if you're an admin on multiple pages. And so sometimes even if I'm there as me privately, when I go to one of the pages I administer, it defaults to that page. So if I want to comment as me on one of those pages, if I'm not careful, I'll be posting as that page. So, yeah, you can absolutely can. Okay. Facebook changed things around so that if you are an administrator on multiple pages, or, or even just one page, okay, if you, you can be logged in, okay, let me take one step back. Yeah. Once you have a brand page in the upper right, or if you're on a desktop, in the upper right, where um, there's a little triangle, like a downward-facing uh, triangle, you click into that, and it's going to give you the option of being yourself or any of the pages that you administer. 
even if you're functioning currently as yourself, when you go to one of your brand pages, when you try to comment or like, Facebook is currently defaulting you to doing it as that page. Right. So, yes, you absolutely can comment on your own stuff, but sometimes you got to get it gets a little confusing with the way they have the stupid app. Yeah, but I would have a Gonzo Games page, and then I would post stuff for your games and what you're doing in your playtest and everything else from Gonzo Games. Then what you can do is share that to your private page for your friends and family. In case your friends and family then aren't following the Gonzo Games page, they can still see what you're doing. So I would do both. Um, Let's see. Uh, I told you about what to post. Oh yeah, and like I said, you don't want to just um, you don't want to just post your own stuff. You know, you share other things as you build relationships. Share what they're doing. If you have a buddy who's doing the Kickstarter, you know, share information on their Kickstarter. You know, let other people know what's out there. You know, because again, you're you're helping to build connections and you're networking, and you're also letting your followers know about the cool stuff that you like. You know, Neil Gaiman does this all the time. I mean, he's fabulous in social media. But he just shares what he likes. And But because he has such a following, of course, when he shares something that he likes, that person tends to get his skills increased. But even if you're not Neil Gaiman, fine. Share what you're passionate about, particularly if it's relative to your topic. And you look like a good neighbor to people. You're sharing interesting things. It's giving you more stuff to post that's not promotional about you. Okay, so it's giving you more material out there. Uh, let's see. So we said what? Brad. Okay. Content as far as what to post, because like I said, if eighty percent is not supposed to be about you, what the heck are you posting? Blogs are your friends. <laughs> Other people's blogs. Um, I follow so many different ones, keeping an eye on things as far as whether they are tips for DMs, um, tips for players. Um, game design tips, you know, new product reviews and everything else. Because again, some of the companies I consult for, this is good information to share. Um, that said, you can also make yourself crazy and it can be another rabbit hole for you to get sunk down on as far as trying to find this information. Luckily, there are some great options out there and they are free. Um, for example, there is a website called Sway, S-W-A-Y-Y, .co, they're not a .com, they're a .co. They have both free and paid options. It's basically a content curation tool, and what basic content curation means is basically finding interesting content that's out there and sharing it with your people. Okay, it's a significant part of social media and marketing nowadays. Um, Sway is free if you only have one dashboard, and if you're only managing one business, you only need one dashboard. So you can totally get away completely free. Um, pro membership of two dashboards is nine dollars a month. So even if you did, you know, have something like um, you know, two completely unrelated businesses that you wanted to have two different dashboards for, it's still pretty darn affordable. What Sway does is then you plug in your keywords or your search terms, and it does a search through news sources, blogs, etc., for items in those topics. And also, by the way, because it asks you to uh, connect to, but at the moment it's only for Twitter and Facebook, by the way. It's not going to help you with Google Plus unless you manually share it to Google Plus. Um, but it's also going to search through your feeds because it asks you to log in through those accounts. And it looks for what have you posted about so it knows what you're interested in and it adds that into what it searches for. So it does a lot of work for you. And once a day, you get an email from them where they're presenting you with articles that you can then click into. If you like it, you can then share it on social media. So it does the hunting for you and saves you a lot of time. And like I said, most of you are going to be able to do this for this for free. Another great option like that, and I use both, actually, professionally, um, is Content Gems. They are another service. Um, you can sign up for free and target two interests for the free account. And with two interests, you can have up to 50 keywords per interest. If you want 10 interests to search for, it's $10 a month. I mean, sorry, $9 a month. So again, it's either free or very low cost. And again, they are searching through the internet, blogs, and so forth 
looking for things on your topic, whatever topic it is that you've entered. And again, they present you a list of things that you can then share in social media. What was that Content gems? Because let's face it, who has the, I do this for a living and I don't have time to keep up with all these things. So all these tools make your life easier. Did you have a question? Yeah. Um, how often should you post these sorts of things? Posting frequency, it depends upon the channel and are you just starting out or have you been at it for a while? If you're just starting out, for example, on Facebook, you can get away with a couple times a week, but you eventually want to build up to once a day. More than that on Facebook, it depends because Facebook can be very fussy and you don't want to do it too often because that can actually, with the current algorithm, sometimes hurt your reach because it's they're not done possibly pushing the last post out and now they're doing another one. But some people will be very successful posting several times a day on Facebook and others won't. You have to kind of experiment and see. Twitter is much more forgiving of uh, posting times and you can post a lot on Twitter without it being too much, especially if you are replying to other people's tweets and commenting on people's tweets. You can get away with that almost indefinitely. But for Twitter, I'd say at least a few times a day to build up to. Facebook, build up to at least once a day. Google Plus, build up to at least once a day. Uh, more than that, I haven't really seen much benefit to, unless you are active in a community, that's the caveat. Like again, if you're doing an old school role playing game, you know, product, um, then to be active in the community and comment on things would be to your, to your benefit to do that more often. I have a question about Google Plus. Yes. I, I have not gotten very deep into it, but the communities, it feels like a weird format. It feels like rather than having a conversation with people, which I feel like I'm having on Twitter, uh, it feels like I'm posting something specifically in those communities for people to look at. Uh, am, I, am I expected to bring something to the table there, or am I expected to participate in a conversation? Well, here's the thing. I tend to find and get for any kind of social media. If you have something to bring to the table, people are going to be more interested in you. Again, whether that's tips, suggestion, hey, look at this great blog I found, you know, whatever it is. That's always useful, okay? Because um, then you're not just droning on and boring people. That said, for what you commented on, it depends upon the community. Some of the communities on Google Plus are a dialogue, and some are more a lot of people talking at you. So it totally depends upon the community. Google Plus right now is a very odd animal. Um, people were heralding it as the second coming. It has not turned out to be that. Um, it can, however, be a good part of the strategy depending upon circumstances. But earlier this year, the guy who was the head of Google Plus left the job, and the rest of the team has been reassigned to other duties in Google. So needless to say, Google is not bundling this as tightly as they used to to other things. However, because of how they set up Google Plus, it can help your search engine rankings for your website, assuming that you have a website. Technically, Google says that they do not favor Google Plus in its search algorithm. Um, they simply say that they look for certain signals from social media and that they will apply those signals from any social media channel and have it feed into your search engine results. However, they know that some of those signals that they've built into their algorithm are things that are data that they will not get from Twitter and Facebook because Twitter and Facebook will not share that data. So if Facebook and Twitter changes how they do things, it's an equal playing field. They're not technically favoring Google Plus. But yeah, so if you have, particularly if you have a local business, Google Plus can be a key part of the strategy to help your local search results. But I would not spend, unless like I said, you are in, you are doing a game in one of the categories that does work well on Google Plus. And like I said, there are a few that do work really well. Um, but otherwise, I would do Google Plus more as an add-on to your other social media channels and not necessarily make yourself crazy spending tons of time into it. Right. Um, what I generally do for a lot of the brands that I manage, because a lot of the communities just aren't there for us, is I do a, whatever I'm posting on other things, I do a variant of it and share it on Google Plus. So I'm saving time, but it's still, we're still lively there. 
that have Google Plus is tricky. That said, anything that you post on Google Plus, make sure you have a hashtag in it. Everybody does know what a hashtag is, correct? Anybody not know? Okay. A hashtag is basically a term with the little um, the pound sign in front of it, and it makes it easily searchable. It started on Twitter as a way of filtering Twitter because Twitter is a huge stream. Um, it has carried over to other social media channels. Not as much on Facebook, though it can still be used on Facebook. Um, Google Plus loves hashtags so much that if you don't have a hashtag in your post, they will assign one for it. <laughs> I am not kidding. If you actually look at any post, private or professional, whatever, on Google Plus, in the upper right-hand corner, there is a hashtag. If you put a hashtag in it, it's usually that one, though sometimes they will override you if they think the hashtag you put in is not relevant to the rest of your post. <laughs> yes, this is this Google is Big Brother, by the way, or Skynet, because they are also buying lots of AI and stuff. Um, if you click on that hashtag in the post, it then presents you a list of what it perceives as related hashtags to your post. So you can then search through and find other related posts. That may or may not be yours, by the way. But so yeah, so Google Plus loves hashtags. And so if you are posting to Google Plus, make sure you include at least one, because then at least you have a chance at controlling where they're sticking you. Otherwise, it's their choice. Okay. And of course, hashtags are a big part of Twitter as well. Yeah. How do you create hashtags? You just make one up. I mean, there are ways of um, tracking what hashtags are available. But so, for example, if I'm posting for one of the game companies that I consult for, and the post is about RPG, I do hashtag RPGs. Um, if it's board game, hashtag board game. But you just pick it. People just make things up. Um, if anybody follows Amanda Palmer, the singer, she is his, she does hysterical hashtags and things. Yeah. You literally type pound sign RPGs. Yeah. yeah. So and it does the rest. Right. Yeah, but that's the idea. That's the idea. So then, yeah. So then, you're part of the dialogue. Oh, thank you. Okay. Yeah. So that's the idea. Now, that said, if you want to have an idea as to whether a hashtag is useful enough, there is an add-on to. Gosh, I'm trying to remember because certain add-ons only work in one browser versus others. Um, anyway, something called Right Tag. R I T E tag add-on. Um, if you search for that, I can't remember if it's both for Firefox and Chrome or just one of those. Uh, I have so many tools I lose track of them sometimes. But anyway, it's an add-on to your browser, and then when you're in Twitter, if you're not sure, like say, if you want to use the hashtag RPGs versus role-playing games versus role-playing, okay, hashtag role-playing, hashtag role-playing games, as you're writing your tweet, you can type it into the, the field, and right tag is a little add-on underneath of it, and it's going to give you a color code as to how overused or underused that hashtag is. So you'll know, you can try and hit that sweet spot. And you also know if no one is using that hashtag. So, which depending on what you're doing, if you're trying to do a unique hashtag, that can be useful because you know it's available. Like if you're trying to name a conference, you know, that you're going to be doing or something like that. But like for um, one of our brands uh, for my day job, you know, um, one of our products are faux panels. Nobody searches for faux panels, hashtag faux panels. However, they will search for hash faux. So I'll, if I'm talking about something, I'll do hash faux space panels because we'll get better traction that way than if I did hashtag faux panels as all one word. Does that make sense to everybody? So yeah, so that can be an easy, nice thing, maybe an easy way to do things. Um, wow, I didn't even cover a fraction of the stuff I wanted to cover, and we are almost out of time. So, everybody take down my email address, because if nothing else, I want to give you guys definitely a link to an infographic. I didn't even get into this. Um, there are preferred sizes for your graphics, for your profiles, for all the different social media accounts. So Twitter wants one size, Facebook wants another size, and so forth, and there's different graphics in each of those. Um, and the URL is just way too long. So take my email address, and then I'll also give you highlights of the stuff I didn't get a chance to cover in these notes, so you can do more stuff. My email address is B as a boy, R-I, M as a Mary, M as a Mary, E-L, S as in Sam, 
at at o p is in Paul, t is in Tom online dot net. Now don't spam me, <laughs> but send me an email with. <laughs> sure. He is a boy. R I. M is a Mary. A second M is a Mary. E L. S is in Sam. At. O is in Oliver. He is in Paul. He is in Tom. Online dot net. Put in the subject line so I can make sure this does not go to spam. Manitopia, 2014. Does actually have subject lines for the last year's Manitopia. So this way I can make sure it filtered right. But put that in the subject line and email me. And I will send you, like I said, the link to that infographic, some other tools I didn't get a chance to mention, and some other tips and highlights that you can use. Um, just be a little bit patient because I can only read for about 10 to 15 minutes every about 90 minutes because of my eye issue. So it might take me a little while to finish the graphic. I mean, I'll finish the, the handout. Uh, I started it before I came here, but I'm not finished it. Um, so be a little patient if it takes like a week or two for me to get this to you. But email me, and I'll send you the, the handout so you can have lots of good stuff. Any questions real fast before we finish? Yes? Um, do you think there are any uh, um, resources that you recommend online that you have found incredibly helpful in pursuing um, your interest in managing social I'm sorry, can you repeat the question, sir? Have you found any resources online that have been particularly useful in exploring things? Oh, to learn more. Oh, you mean to learn more about social media? Yeah, just, yeah. Do you think there's anything that's really Let's see. There is a daily email that you can get from marketingland. Is it marketingland.com? I think it is. They're related to search engine land. Some of the stuff will for you or until you really get into the topic will probably be a little bit over your head because it's really designed for marketers okay. but it has it has good stuff in it um mari smith on facebook i take classes with her um she is a lovely person and she is amazing um she's one of the people i look up to um it's m-a-r-i smith um very nice lady um socialmediaexaminer.com now, to be fair, the social media field changes constantly. It can be exhausting to try and keep up with. So if it feels overwhelming, you're not alone. <laughs> it's overwhelming to me, and I do it for a living. But if you want to explore on your own, those are some sources. Okay. okay. Anything else before we wrap up? Okay. Thank you very much, guys, for coming. Thank you very much.